0: There's something super kind about a free meal. This is the quickest way to my heart, at least. Um, So yeah, we've been in this sermon series for four weeks. This is the fourth week. Uh, Our first week uh, in this conspiracy of kindness, we started out looking at the gospel and how God extends his kindness to us. He, He loves us and he meets us where we're at and he gives us grace and mercy and showers with us with love and truth. And we kind of leaned into that, and then we spent the next two weeks looking at the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle Paul uses several metaphors for kindness. In Colossians, he talks about us needing to put on kindness, to, to dress as a follower of Jesus. And then last week, we looked at Galatians 5, where Paul says that kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. And so one of the evidences that the Holy Spirit's at work in our lives is being more kind. Um, and and so We're going to finish the sermon series today and then I wanted to let you know that starting next week, we're starting a new sermon series called Reasonable Faith and we're going to be spending the entire month of March talking about some of the more challenging questions that people have. Um, So an example would be a very common question or a very common conversation I have with people is how can we know that God is is real and is loving with so much suffering in the world? How how do we navigate that? Um, Other people have questions about Faith and science—you um, know—how can you be a follower of Jesus but also believe in science, or is it possible to navigate that? So we're going to talk about some controversial subjects. It's going to be really fun for me, uh, <laughs> uh, but we're looking forward to that, um, doing that. And and today, I, what I want to do today is I really want to spend a few minutes talking about some practical ways to live out what we've been talking about. We we've really kind of dived into some specific passages of Scripture, um, and you know, if you type in your your phone app, you know, the word kindness in the Bible, you'll see a whole bunch of verses all over. And what I want to do today is kind of bring it home and talk about some practical ways for us to live more kind. Um, Some things that I think everybody can do in this room. But before we do that, I think it's important for us to think about why it's a conspiracy. Why are we calling this idea of kindness a conspiracy? You know, why are random acts of kindness Conspiracy, and, and the reason why I think that that's a fitting word is because in the world that we live in, and throughout most of human history, uh, people are generally suspicious of random acts of kindness. Have you ever noticed that? Like you do something nice, and they're like, "What's the catch?" You know, and they're like they're like waiting for you to drop the hammer uh, about why why you're doing it. Like you must have an angle and. I've shared this story before, but it's it's just one of the most powerful experiences I've ever had with God. Is when I was on, uh, I was on this ministry trip, and I was in Florida speaking at a youth conference. Back when I liked youth, just kidding, uh, no, I'm not. And um, and I and I got this team of high schoolers together, and these high schoolers were praying, and they felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to them about going to a Starbucks uh, and buying coffee for people, and it was like. I was like, that's a you know, great idea. And uh, as I've shared before, I was like, but what that requires is me to pay a lot of money for your dream, <laughs> you know? And now they put their money together and we did it. And and we were buying coffee for people. And I remember they, the thing that the kids were saying when people would come by is they would say, we just want to demonstrate the love of God in a practical way. And people were like, thanks, and left. But this one guy, this, this former punk, he was like 75 years old, former punk rock, biker dude, who had been in prison for like twenty years for for drugs, um had gotten out, and was trying to like you know put his life together and he I remember he had gone through the drive through and then they said, "Hey, the coffee's on these punk kids inside." And he pulled over and he walked in and he he was like, "Why? Why are you doing this? And I remember this 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 kid and this this girl, they're like, we're just trying to demonstrate the love of god in a really practical way you know like super and he just was like but why why would you do that and he was blown away and as i've shared before the next day he ended up actually coming to the vineyard church gave his life to jesus and that was the the, the act of kindness was the means that brought him to being open to the radical grace of god and it was totally scandalous you know for him so, you know, it is a conspiracy because I think a lot of times people are just suspicious. Like when I'm saying, hey, Vineyard, what we should be known for in our community is being loving and kind. It's, it's, the reality is that there's going to be people out there who are like, well, what's the catch? Why are you doing these things? And again, for us, it's because of the radical love of God that we've experienced. God's kindness to us. None of us in this room earned it. Right? None of us deserve it. God was kind to us despite... All of the things that we have done. The conspiracy of kindness is that is that we get to participate in it, too. I mean, like I was thinking this morning about, I don't know, I just really sensed the presence of God this morning in a unique way. and he, he just was he was with us. God was with us and in the grace that I was experiencing. And I mean, my background is not great. You know, like when I was growing up, I I was full of basically two things. Um, I was really angry though. That was one of them, you know. And so like I was telling somebody the other day, my experience in youth group was that I went to youth group and beat up kids, and then had the youth pastor constantly threatening to kick me out. You know, like that was I was just always angry, and I liked fighting, and so church seemed like a good place to do that. Uh, not great, <laughs> but but I but that was my story. A lot of anger and and just. Um, my own pain and trauma. And and yet in meeting Jesus, in experiencing grace and mercy, what I found, and this is the most amazing thing, is that God begins to work in our lives and heals us and frees us from all those things so that we can turn around and help other people experience that same freedom and that same grace. And we get to actually participate in his kindness being extended to other people. And so it's absolutely beautiful. Um, But I just really think there's a lot of wisdom in us making kindness our disposition. Are you with me? I, 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 what I'm saying is that I think that kindness should be part of our identity. And I'm nudging you in this way for a very specific reason. And let me just tell you right now that there is an election coming and Facebook is going to be crazy. Amen? And I would love to not be embarrassed by some of the things that we say and do. I think kindness actually matters in all areas of our life. And uh, the author of Proverbs, Solomon, says this. He says, if you do this, you will live many years. So just listen to the wisdom here. He says, and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. Wouldn't it be great if Christians bought into the word of God? So this morning what I want to do is I want to talk about five practical ways to extend kindness to others because I think application of scripture matters. I love the Bible, I love theology, I love studying systematic theology and exegetical theology and church history, but at the end of the day if we don't know how to take these things and put them into practice in our lives, we are missing the whole point, right? And so I want to talk about five practical ways for us to extend kindness to others. And these are just some some really low-hanging fruit for us. And the first one is this. We need to take time to listen to one another. Take time to listen to one another. Uh, How many of you would agree that all relationships hinge on communication? Husbands, say yes. Just do it right now. I'm just going to help you right now, okay? Uh, Most people... Uh, I think we'd all agree that that communications where the breakdowns often happen, right? And the, but the writer of of the book of James, James says this. He says, "Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen." He says, "Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry." and Yet most people, I think if we're honest, and I'm talking about me, I'm talking about you, I'm talking about most human beings, we are very quick to speak and we are quick to become angry, but we are slow to listen. We don't do that very well. You know, but all communication has basically two aspects of it. There's a message with the information that we're trying to communicate and then there's feelings about it. And newsflash, men and women listen differently. I know this is mind-blowing research. I've been dedicating 45 years to to really understand women and uh, men and the interpersonal relationships, and what I have determined is that we're both very different, generally speaking, right? Like, like I was, I was, I had been pastoring for like seven years uh, when this event happened, so I was a professional, and uh, and I remember like I was uh, this lady walked up to me, and Don was standing right next to me, and this lady blabbed on for three minutes, and I have no idea what she said, but I was like, cool, we're done, and then Don and her both started crying and hugged each other, and I was like, what just happened? (laughs) Like, I don't understand what just happened in this communication spiral of death for me, and and what i found and this is generally generally true uh, is that you know there's these two components of message and feelings that most pe- all people are communicating these two things and men generally speaking are better at communicating message and less good about feelings and women generally communicate a lot more feelings in fact i think the the statistics are that men communicate 20 to 40% with feelings attached and women communicate 90 to 100% with communication attached. And I want to be really clear, there's no right or wrong there. That's just the general way that men and women communicate and in, in, in work. And so I think that if we want to extend, commun- extend kindness to people, then we have to really work hard to listen to one another. And if you ask Don and I, I honestly think this verse has probably been the most helpful thing in our marriage of all time. Is that fair? Yeah. In fact, this has saved us oftentimes is, okay, we're not listening to each other. We're being quick to speak or quick to become angry. So we need to work on listening to each other. And, and so we extend kindness, I think, to, any, to anybody when we take time to listen to them, because it's in the space of listening to people, we can actually hear their needs too, right? We can hear other ways to be able to, to serve them The second way that I think we can extend kindness is to take time to pray for people. Taking time to pray for people. Um, The six powerful words that all of us in this room should try to remember is, can I pray for you now? Can I pray for you now? Uh, Paul says in 1 Timothy 2, he says, I urge you first of all to pray for all people, ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf. And give thanks to them. James goes on to say, "Confess your sins to one another and pray for each other, so that you may be healed." Like taking the time to pray for people is a really, a really important way to extend kindness as well. The third way that we can extend kindness is to take time to serve one another. Um, guess what? You don't need to have a seminary degree to serve people. Amen. And that's what I think is so cool about the kingdom is that everybody in this room gets to participate. In that, and if you can serve, which you can, you can you can make a difference in people's lives. Um, serving is super practical, and it's also really influential. So four years ago, our church, the, the Red Bluff Vineyard, planted a church in Modoc County, and we some of you are around. But Nikki Walter and her husband Corey went and planted this church in this terrible city called Alturas. Uh, absolutely garbage. But I, they, gave, they gave up to the Lord's calling. But uh, I always tease her. I'm like, I'm like, are you sure you don't want to stay with us? Please. And no, the Lord's given me a heart for the city that I was raised in. And truth be told, Alturas is actually really pretty, but don't let Nikki, I say I said that, okay. Um, but they go there and they, they plant this church and Nikki has this vision and she's She's doing this really great job of gathering family and friends. And and she showed me this picture because we hung out with her on Friday night. She showed me this picture of her church service. And it's this this huge room with just people from every walk of life in that room. Men and women everywhere. Every every demographic. And I was so encouraged to see just the beauty of what God's kingdom was doing in that space. And, And she's a female senior pastor. She's planted a church as a female pastor in a rural community. And that is really challenging. I'm just gonna, it is. But here's what I've observed. The reason why her and Corey are a really great team is because Corey, her husband, who's like her sidekick in many ways, he is a serving-minded guy. Like he shows up to people in the community and just serves and serves. And he he barbecues all the time and he serves in the kids' agricultural clubs and all that type of stuff. And what I think has happened there is that all these men's men, I mean, they are cowboys up there, okay? I mean, it is ranch country. Like, I wasn't even allowed to go into the county without a cowboy hat and cowboy boots. It was hardcore, okay? And, and why are they part of this community is because of serving. I think what Cory has done is he has demonstrated that he puts his faith into action. And he serves, and all these other dudes, these ranch hands and cowboys and cow fire guys are like, I want to be a part of that. And they're they're now worshiping together in this beautiful church community. But don't tell her I said any of that. Moving on to number four, take time. Uh, oh, these are the ver- there's a bunch of verses, obviously about serving, right? Sorry, Jesus being the prime example of of you know, he didn't come to serve but to be served. But number four um, is take time to encourage one another. <clears throat> Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, he says, So encourage each other and build each other up just as you already are doing. I think it's fairly fairly safe to say that in today's world, we could use a lot more encouragement. You know, I think that um, society and the enemy are at work right now trying to bring us um, to a place of hopelessness and to be discouraged. I mean, that's just the reality. And I, and, and I know we're pressed on time right now, but I, I, just, I want us to really think about that for a minute. Like on any given Sunday, my suspicion is that there are literally dozens of people in our room who are discouraged. And, and just, you hear it. You talk to somebody and they've had a real struggle. Um, for many of us in this room, the drive to church with your spouse is the most discouraging thing ever. It can be right? Or your kids just don't listen and it's like, oh, you're just discouraged and, and it gets you down. And, and so that's why I think we, if we lived as followers of Jesus who took seriously the power of our words and we worked hard to encourage people, think of how much impact we could have with people around us, right? And that's, that's essentially what Paul's saying. He's saying, hey, encourage each other, build each other up. And so we want to be kind. One of the ways we can be kind is by encouraging each other. And then lastly, number five, Take time to love one another. Jesus said in John 13, he said, So now I am giving you a new commandment, love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Think about that for a minute. Jesus says, just as I have loved you, you should love one another. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So the world is watching us. The world is watching us, and we should not be known for being judgmental, for being angry, for being impatient, for being hypocritical, for for always arguing on social media. We should be known for our love. Our love. That's exactly right. We should be known for our love, and not everyone has um, the people in their life that should have loved them, right? Like I, I, I forget that. Like I have. Parents that loved me, I know that. But not everybody has that. And so the church is a space where people who don't have the people that should have loved them, where they can come and they can experience family love. Maybe even for the first time within the context of the church. Let's stand up together. So I'm gonna pray and close us in prayer. Um, But I, I would like to just share something really quick uh, that is, um, I think, important for us. Um, last last Sunday, uh, we we talked a bit about how our former pastor of this church, Steve Agarda, uh, passed away, and we we spent some time praying for the family. And um, it's been a really interesting thing, I guess, for our church, because it, like, it's been setting in for us the, the change that's happened uh, in some ways. And, you know, uh, Steve, <clears throat> 30 years ago, uh, planted this church. And it, I would even cry just thinking about it. And part of the reason why it's been so emotional for me is because um, I spent a lot of years Coaching church planners and working with church planners. And I know that the national average is that like 75% of church plants don't make it past five years. And here we are 30 years later. And it's not because we're cool. We all know that. <laughs> right? It's it's for it's for a number of reasons. First and foremost, it's been God been he's been so graceful, gracious to us. Well aware of that. He's been merciful to us. He has he has met us many a time when we were desperate for him. And he's loved on us. And he's done so much work in our community. And we're, I'm grateful for that. But it's also because Steve Agarda was the most stubborn human being in the universe. And 30 years ago was not going to give up. That, is, that was not in his bones. That was not in his DNA. Steve Agarda was going to, he gave, he left everything on the field. He was 110%. He was so committed to the kingdom. And when we came here, um, you know, Steve didn't talk very much. And many of us in this room know that. Hey, Steve, walk right by you. Like, okay, he hates me. <laughs> and, uh, but I had a chance two years ago to spend some time with him. And we just hung out. And it was like, man, I love Steve. And, uh, and, and I think he tolerated me. And, <laughs> and uh, but we, we knew, like Don and I knew this whole time, we've always felt like, man, we are... We we were given a gift to be able to serve in this community because of his faithfulness. Now I believe that I believe that with all my heart, and it's it's been it was t- tough. I mean I need you to know like Steve's last five six seven years, a lot of people had left this church, and it was very emotional, because I I know how it is for for me, and it was really tough for him, and and uh, I think it was a challenge, you know, to to continue staying the course when people just come and go and. And loyalty is, is no longer a factor as much because we're such consumers, where if one thing doesn't go right, we, go to, we just jump ship. And so, but Steve was faithful until the very end. And I want to challenge you right now. You, you would be doing me a huge service. Um, tonight at six o'clock, we're having a celebration of Steve's life. And, and I'm just going to tell you right now, if this church means anything to you, I would, I, and I know if you can't make it, that's, I get it, but I would challenge you, if this church means anything to you, you should show up tonight because we exist because of Steve's faithfulness for 30 plus years. And the whole entire, entire time that Don and I were here, he would, he would tell me, he's like, I'm praying for you guys. And that meant the world to us because we knew that the founder of this church cared enough about our community still. He still prayed for us. He prayed for you. And so I would encourage you to come tonight, we're going to gather, we're going to sing a few songs, and then we're going to spend some time sharing some stories about, about how Steve made a difference in people's lives. Um, maybe he didn't impact you. Maybe you started coming a year ago. You have no idea who I'm talking about. If you love this church, I encourage you to come tonight because it'll, it'll be a way for us to extend kindness and honor him as a, as a community. Let's pray. Father, I don't know why I'm so emotional. <laughs> but I'm so grateful for your spirit's presence this morning. I just sense it. And I, I thank you that you are able to show up in the midst of, 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 of my life, God. And that you are softening softening me from being angry and in and, and pain and, and doing redemptive work in my life. And, and it gives me great, joy to know that what you can do in my life you can do in anybody else's life God and so I pray Lord that if there's anybody in this room that that feels either marginalized or overlooked or or they feel like they're so far away from your kingdom that you right now would remind them about how great your love is Lord, how you have been in the business of extending mercy and kindness to human beings for all of human history. And Lord, we also want to just pray for the Agarda family right now. And, and I am so grateful for that family. I, I thank you that, Lord, you you spoke and moved on on Steve and his family's hearts many years ago to stay committed to this city, to stay committed to this church, and to continue to love this church and to do all that they could to serve. And we stand on their faithfulness, God, and we're so grateful for that. Lord, now I pray for our church community as we transition from this space of being gathered together to sing and to pray and to receive grace and to to think about applying Scripture into our lives, God. I pray that your spirit would go with each one of us and that you would help us to live this out and to extend kindness to every single human being that we come in contact with. Lord, we love you. We love you, Lord. We are so grateful for all of your work. Would you go with us now? We pray this in your name. And all of God's people who agreed said, amen. 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 All right, go in grace.